Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and chavruta Yordana Osband, our daf of the day, Masachet Ketubot, daf Kufchet, page 108. It's a daf of Mishnayot, and tomorrow's daf is as well. Um, this daf begins with a Mishnah really on the previous daf. We didn't do it yesterday, we'll do it today. And then we have another two, we're going to trade them off as we go. I'm going to remind you that as Yordana, as you said a couple of days ago, this parak, this whole chapter is really statements by these two ju- judges in Jerusalem, you know, back in the time of the Mishnah, or, or quoted in the Mishnah. And we first have these two statements, or the previous Mishnah and this Mishnah were statements by Hanan, and then the next few are statements by Admon. So here we go. So we have a case of a husband who goes overseas. And somebody came and provided, you know, food, really, sustenance for the wife in the man's absence. And then, and then, you know, he comes back from Medinatayam and he, and the provider um, says, you know, no, pay me back. I want that money that I spent on your wife. Hanan Omer, Ibed et Ma'otav. Hanan says too bad, right? Meaning the husband is not obligated to repay this guy because he came forward of his own free will. He provided this sustenance. It's basically a gift. And you don't really get to request that somebody cover your payment of a gift afterwards, right? So that's Hanan's opinion. The sons of the high priest disagreed with him. So they say instead, no. What, the, what should happen is that the man, the provider guy, should swear how much he spent. He should take an oath how much expenditure he made on behalf of this woman. And then he should take that sum of money from the husband, meaning, indeed, according to the Bnei he should get paid back in the in the amount that he paid out, and that's why he should take the oath to make sure that it's the right sum, that he's reliable for saying what the sum is. Amar Rabbi Dosa ben Herkinus Kedivrei Hem. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Herkinus agreed with him, meaning the Bnei Kohanim Gdolim, so Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, no, Hanan spoke well in this case. I feel like we're going, you know, A-B-B-A in terms of the difference of opinions, right? Meaning he doesn't have to pay, he does, he does, he doesn't. Um, that Hanan spoke well, like the man who placed his money on the horn of a deer, again, with a beautiful... Um, you know, literary kind of descriptive allusions here. On the horn of a deer, the the deer is already like leaping, bounding off into the into nature. The point is that you put your money on the horn of a deer while that deer is about to take off into the forest. You're not getting that money back. Meaning, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai poskins like Hanan and the Bnei Kohanim Gdolim and Rabbi Dosa ben Herkinus are kind of rejected as we go here. Um, obviously, right? The Psaq Halach is obviously going to take this and go further. One of the things that I find most interesting as we come onto our daf here is that the Gemara on this Mishnah cites another Mishnah in Masachet Nidarim, Nidarim, page 33a. And I mention this, I mention this because that's what the Gemara says, but I, I want to highlight it because our next Masachet, our Masachet coming up, is Nidarim, and I think that we're going to find it to be really vastly different from what we've been doing in Ketubot and all the more different from what we did in Yavamot. Um, and so if this has been, I know that for some people it's been a slog, 
Um, the Dharm is challenging, but I think in new and hopefully exciting ways. Tanan Hatam. So the Gemara says, we learn in a mission of there, meaning there being the Dharm. Somebody who swears off getting any benefit from another person, from his friend. So you can do is you can um, you can pro- provide for that guy by saying as follows. The second guy donates the machetzit shekel from his own money to the temple on behalf of the first guy who swore off any benefit so that he's covering him without giving him. He, the second guy is covering the first guy without giving any actual benefit to him. And then he can pay back that debt if he wants to. And he, in fact, can return a lost object. And in the case of where somebody would be um, would be getting a wage, getting wages, right? There would be some kind of earnings. So then that benefit would go to the Beit HaMikdash it will be considered consecrated property. Meaning, the idea that somebody can swear off benefit, the question is, is there a, is there a way around that? Um, and the answer is, yeah, kind of. Not entirely, but kind of. Um, and then, of course, the Gemara is going to go get deep into the discussion of her, to what extent, in fact, he can do this. To what extent can he use the Beit HaMikdash as a way to kind of launder the funds that he cannot give his friend because because his friend has sworn off any benefit from him. All right, I'm going to move on then to our next Mishnah. But I, you know, I think the idea here is is that if someone volunteers, you volunteered, and it's not it wasn't your responsibility to give for the money, so you can't expect to be paid back, even though you thought you were doing something nice. Um, so those were the two Mishnahs that we had about Hanan. Now we get to the Mishnahs about the statements of Admon, uh, which there were seven of. And the first one begins as follows: Admono Shiva, right? So there are seven cases. Someone dies and leaves behind both sons and daughters. When the estate is large, then the sons inherit property and the daughters are provided sustenance. But when there's small amount of property, the daughters are provided with sustenance and the sons go round like go round to the doors. In other words, we have to make sure that we take care of the daughter's sustenance, right? But the sons, if it's a very small state, they basically are not going to be taken care of. They're not going to get inheritance or sustenance. And they, you know, sort of have to fend for themselves. Now, Admon says, you know, this has, uh, would say, well, because I'm male, I lose out. I'm a Ravan Gamliel, where I need to Admon. Ravan Gamliel says, I see what Admon is saying. In other words, the Tanakama of this uh, Mishnah seems to be saying that this is based completely just on the gender which in you were born. And Admon is saying, why should the male children necessarily lose out? So there's a very sh- small piece of Gemara here where they're trying to figure out exactly what does Admon mean. My Ka'amar, what's he saying? Amar by Haki Ka'amar, so Abai says what he's saying is, I'm male, I'm fit to engage in Torah study, why should I lose out? In other words, Abai makes it a point of privilege. Men should be treated better because they get to learn Torah, okay? Now again, this isn't necessarily 
this is a misogynistic passage. Let's just call it what it is. Amarle Rabba. Rabba says, says, Right? So he says, one who is engaged in Torah inherits. And the one who doesn't engage in Torah shouldn't inherit. So like Rabba basically is like, this doesn't make sense. Ella Amarava, Hachi Kamar. So Rabbi says, no, this is what he means. Bishvil Shani Zachar, but really Rashbin Nechasim, Muwarbin, he's Fadzi bin Nechasim Muatim. What he's basically saying is, is because I'm male and I have more right to the property by Torah law, right? That's in the Torah itself. I only inherit when it's a large estate, but I lose out entirely when it's a small estate. And that's really what Admon is basically trying to say is that there should really be a better solution than just saying that you lose out because it's a small estate. But it has nothing to do with sort of a superiority about men as a buyer would like to make it. Um, I still like the fact that we've got the specific judges here by name. Right, I said the other day that I thought this was kind of brings them all to life. I, I still think that. Um, last mission here on our daf. So here we have, again, it's another dispute between Admon and the others. And we've got here a case of somebody who owes another person jugs of pitchers, jugs of oil. And he's Hode, he's, he admits, he acknowledges that he owes the pitchers or the jugs, however you want to describe it, but not the oil. Meaning you have a case of two, two people who are, you know, at odds with each other. One says, you owe me my jugs and my oil. And the other guy says, I have your jugs. I never took your oil. So we have a principle from elsewhere. And many of you, I'm sure, know this principle. Um, right, the question of when, when one is admits to a part, a part of the claim against one um, versus kofer bakol, somebody who denies all of it. Somebody who is here, it says literally, right? That person has to take an oath saying that, in fact, he really only owes the part that he's admitted to and he doesn't owe anything else. But the rabbis say, the chachamim, the sages, right? They say this kind of of partial um, um, acknowledgement Right, it's not the same thing as the claim. Why? Because the claim says oil, and his his acknowledgement is only about the pitchers. So they don't like that. It's you know maybe if they had said two pitchers versus five pitchers, right? That kind of thing would be modem and mixed out according to this particular perspective. And but this, when you're talking about oil versus pitcher pitchers jugs, they think that it's not the same kind of complaint or the same kind of position. Now Admon clearly did. Am I Robin Gamliel? And in the same way that we saw Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai in the previous Mishnah and in, in the two previous Mishnahs, whatever, the first one I read, and Rabbi Gamliel in the one that you've read, Yerdina, we've seen Rabbi Gamliel here now saying, again, that he agrees, he sees the, the correctness of Admon's perspective, namely, the person who says, I have your pictures, but not your oil, I never took your oil, should take the oath. Um Okay, now the Gemara goes on, and again, it's going to delve into really the particulars of this case, but the beginning of the Gemara says that here, Shmamina Rabbanan, we can understand here that the sage's perspective is the very fact that you could, any claim that is of 
multiple things, right? This is the inference that any claim that is of multiple things, in this case, wheat and barley in the example, right? Let's say someone says, you took, I, I, you owe me wheat and barley. And he says, I only owe you barley. I don't owe you wheat. Then what that means is he's going to be exempt from taking the oath because they are fundamentally different things, as opposed to saying, well, of the claim, he's only, uh, he's acknowledging part of the whole claim. And this, I think, is the fundamental difference between the Chachamim and the Mishnah and Anmon. And I appreciate Rabbi Gamliel, you know, kind of putting his stamp of approval on Admon's approach because it makes sense to me anyway, right? That somebody comes with a claim, whatever is on that long list, if you are going to acknowledge part of it, then you, then I would think that that's going to be, then that's, then you're acknowledging part of it as opposed to saying they have to be the same kind of item for that halacha about moda mimixat to count. Right. And I think also realize the rabbis, in a way, they want to limit the amount of shvuyo that you would take. It's not a good thing to have to take this oath. We don't want people to have to take these oaths. It's not the way we like to resolve things. Um. Okay, I hear that. But on the other hand, it also is a statement of clarity, right? Meaning somebody's, you don't want him to say, I did nothing just to get out of taking the oaths. We want people to be honest. Right. But and, as we go, but as you read through the top, it's basically going to be like it's it gets very nitty gritty as to like what was the specific phrase right, that Admon right. and the Chachamim are actually disagreeing about? Like, does it mention pictures? Does it not mention pictures? What's the partial claim that Admon is worried about or feels was made that would require a shvua? Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Time with Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.